Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Buckle up. You're in for a real treat today. Jenny Katrin is our guest, and she offers so much value this month on Multisite Month. Remember, we got those videos launching next week. Go to multisitevideos.com or text multisitevideos to 44222. We'd love to get those to you. Also, want to remind you that our good friends at Enjoy are bringing you today's episode. It's sponsored by them. They were founded in 1992 by number one leadership expert, Dr. John C. Maxwell. What an incredible guy. This organization is helping churches like yours. They've been doing it for years and they're doing it right now. They craft customized church capital campaigns. They're not pulling a book off the shelf. No, they're customizing it for you to fund new facilities, upfit existing facilities, go multi-site buy land, pay off debt, that sort of thing. More than 4,500 churches have raised, this number surprises me every time, but it's a massive number. They've raised $4.5 billion, that's with a B, to fund their God-given vision. If your church is preparing to take on the next major step, you really need to talk with Enjoy. You cannot talk to them too early. Today's the day to reach out to them. I have used them. Super happy. I would not recommend them if I wasn't there. Incredible. In fact, you can find out how much your church could raise in a capital campaign led by the experts over at Enjoy Stewardship Solutions right now by visiting enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich. That's enjoystewardship.com forward slash rich. All right, let's jump into our conversation with Jenny. Let's go. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to today's podcast. Super excited for today. A friend of the podcast and uh, really, you know, all month we've been focusing on multi-site and to be honest, I like all our other guests, but I'm super excited for today because I think you're gonna you're gonna find it super practical and also helpful for an area of multi-site that frankly I get a lot of conversation around pain points that multi-site churches are experiencing on today we have Jenny Katrin she is the grand poobah at four in four site which is a fantastic organization helping uh, churches and businesses really go further faster an incredible uh, leader Jenny has experience both in the marketplace and in the local church uh, Jenny welcome to the show Rich, thanks for having me. Fun to fun to be here and have another great conversation about multi-site. You know that we both sure. love that topic. So absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Jenny, why don't we start with kind of the why don't you give it the kind of 30 second or a little bit of overview of your background, your experience, sure. um, you know, with maybe a little bit of emphasis on the on the multi-site side, but give us a kind of a bit of your of your background for the for the three people who are listening who don't know you. I love it. I love <laughs> it. Um, so the really quick version of the story is I started my career in the music business in Nashville. That was my dream job. But along the way, my husband and I were a part of a church plant in Nashville, and I got roped into coming on staff as executive director, uh, as a lot of us do when we find ourselves Mm -hmm. in such roles at our local church. And so it came on staff at a church called Cross Point Church in Nashville. At the time, it was a, you know, young church plant. I was on staff over nine years, and we grew from one location to six, um, from 500 attendees to um, over 6,000. And I was kind of the the person who was, you know, the lead pastor said, hey, um, I think we need to go multi-site. And there were reasons, what we, a big reason for us was we had no space. And it was kind of just the forcing function to say, we've got to look at this multi-site thing. And he just looked at me and said, go figure it out. And so, right. <laughs> uh, so that was my entrance into multi-site was um, figure it out. So I was privileged to do that at Crosspoint for about nine years. 
then went out to Menlo Church in Menlo Park, California, and uh, was the executive pastor of uh, campuses and operations and helped kind of relaunch the multi-site initiative there. So at Menlo, we had uh, started multi-site, but had kind of experimented with it. And then when I came on, it was a commitment to say, hey, this is really the long term trajectory for growth at Menlo. So I did that for a few years. And then we started Foresight uh, three years ago and just gives us the opportunity to work with churches, nonprofits on uh, culture and strategy, helping them really look at the whole picture of their organization and really seek to create thriving leaders and healthy organizations. So that's the crux. Fantastic. So the, for listeners, you know, the part, the reason why I had Jenny on was a couple of reasons. First of all, she's in, in the trenches leader. She's been, she's been there. She's, she's done multi-site in multiple locations, but then continues to work with not, not only, you know, businesses, but churches who are multi-site and particularly on this whole area culture. I'd love to kind of zero in on that. Mm. Uh, when you think back to, I love that idea of like, go figure it out. I think right? because I had a very similar experience. It's like, go sort that thing out. When you look <laughs> back to it, what were some of the pain points? related to culture that you were experiencing as you were scaling up beyond a couple locations. One of the things we've been talking about this month is uh, we know from the latest research from Leadership Network that basically half of multi-site churches have two or three locations and that's it. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, then that's a sticky number. That's a persistent number we keep seeing. And a part of my hunch is that actually culture is a part of one of the limiting factors that is slowing churches from going beyond that. But what were some of those kind of hurdles you came through as you scaled from one location? location to six or through to multiple locations, what were some of those things you kept seeing coming up time and time again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. And I do. I think this is the the silent um, suffocator of multi-site, if you will, in that mm. it's the it's the culture, it's the people dynamics, it's the and I hear this as well with the churches that I work with is, you know, we want to grow and we want to expand, but um, I'm not confident we have somebody who could help replicate our vision and DNA at another location. And, uh, and, you know, so just there's that concern of like, oh, how do we make sure what is what is core about who we are as a church actually gets reproduced in these other locations? And, you know, so for us, we were a you know, we were very much um, the church planting mindset, fast moving, you know, fast growing. And multi-site was just kind of, you know, it was the next iteration of growth for us. But we quickly discovered that as soon as we had another staff in another location, And I, you know, so myself or the senior pastor in our respective roles couldn't see it, coach it, um, handle Mm. it in the moment. Um, You know, and and of course, there's a feeling of losing control, which was a real thing that we were navigating as leaders. And that's, that's one thing to deal with. But then the other thing was that, oh, okay, actually, what we experienced was we had, we had operated in a, in a mode where our culture and I can give a little bit more of what I mean by culture in a minute, but our culture mm-hmm. was more caught than it was taught. Mm. And that's, oh, that's good. That's the big thing I see for, you know, particularly multi-site churches is that, you know, we typically are a small enough team or a scrappy enough team. And, you know, when we're one or two sites that our culture is caught, everybody's with us and around us, especially the senior leader who's helping set that vision and, and the culture of the organization. Um, everybody's with us and they just kind of feel it and they know what it means to, to, to live in this culture. And when Mm -hmm. I, when I talk about culture, a a simple equation to help you get your head around culture is that it's our values as an organization and as a team, our values as a team, particularly Um, Mm -hmm. it's how we work. And then it's our behavior. So values times behavior 
is equals culture. That's the most simple like definition mm. you can kind of get your head around is it's what we value and then it's how we behave in, in accordance with those values. And a lot of times we'll define what we value, but we won't actually say, well, this is what that looks like here. Because two organizations mm-hmm. could have two very similar values, but the expression of that, the behaviors around that could look very different. So mm-hmm. what I see happening for a lot of multi-site churches is we, we, we just expected culture to be caught. And, and right. for, for a, a long time, it is. For churches upwards of probably, you know, upwards of 750 and weekly weekend attendance, maybe even up to a thousand. And the team is still small enough that culture is often caught. But Mm -hmm. as soon as you expand to multiple sites, you've got to be more deliberate to say, now we've got to teach it. Culture now has Mm -hmm. to be taught. And that feels a little like we're a little unsettled with that because the essence of culture is that it is more of this living, breathing thing. That's hard to like, necessarily document and describe because we feel it. It's our DNA. It's who we are. But that's the exercise for leaders is you've got to work on how do I actually define our culture by values, beliefs, behaviors, and then have a process for actually transferring that so that at every site, um, every every team member can actually help replicate that culture in congruence with who we are as an organization. Mm. Oh, I love that. And I, you know, uh, one of the things that I've, I've found about multi-site expansion over the years is there's this whole, this whole area has to go from implicit to explicit. We've got to go from, we all kind of just know what we do to like, oh no, no, like we have to build systems and approaches to reinforce the culture to ensure that we're heading in the right direction. And, uh, and, and that's a dance in there now knowing kind of what you've done. So your own experience, but then as you work with other churches, kind of looking back on that, what is the process that you you would wish you would have done, or maybe you did mm. do, and because you got it right out of the gates the first time, you wish you would have done to maybe first to define culture, to define these values and behaviors? What does that typically look like for a church as they're yeah. saying, hey, like how do we how do we even put some words to that? How do we go from just well, we it, we just kind of know to right. okay, no, we can actually articulate our culture. How are churches doing that? Yeah, great, great question. And and the thing that I would say is it goes against everything we feel. We feel like we need to just be in a hurry and keep like busy doing stuff because I don't know any church leader who has a lot of time to kick back and go, Oh, let's talk about who we are. Right. (laughs) Um, Yes. But I, but I promise you it's some of the most critical work that you will do as a team. So, Mm. you know, for us, especially at Crosspoint in that day, you know, we were off to the races, launching the next campus, trying to figure it all out. And we, and we had our, okay, wait, timeout. Mm. Our team at our other site, like all of a sudden we're feeling two very different cultures. Okay, we've got to give time and attention to this. Now, the advantage that I had is that when I worked in the music business, I was part of a great company that I didn't even realize had demonstrated this really well. So I came with a toolkit that was Mm -hmm. ultimately ended up being a great, a great gift to us as a team. And so I began to transfer that. So what this looks like is, you know, your, your core team, and I'm going to say, you know, core leadership team needs to sit down for a minute and go, okay, what do we really value? Like what is, Mm -hmm. and, and, and there's two things. There's what do we say we value and what do we, what do we actually value based on how we behave? So the (laughs) actual versus the aspirational, and this is really critical because this is, this is organizational honesty right here. This is like, this is the, and it's organizational self-awareness to go, okay, what is Mm -hmm. actually true about us? Because 
you pr- and, and there's a couple other distinctions too. You probably have church values. Those are important. Mm-hmm. Those are key. Mm-hmm. Every every member of our congregation, you know, we're we're hoping they align with these values of being in community, serving, you know, et cetera. Um, you know, so you can fill in your church values. But there's also a set of staff values, of team values that are really important to define. And again, in the early days of organ of your church, you've probably just it, you you kind of inherently communicated these. You know, they weren't things that you probably you know. Uh, declared, and you might have, but most 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 of us are not doing that at the beginning. But this is the stage where you need to do that. You need to sit down and say, what do we want to be most true of our team? Now, mm. a couple of good exercises around this to help you start getting some some of these out, because you'll go to the you'll go to the typical ones that you see on every corporate wall around the country: integrity, honesty, <laughs> excellence, blah yeah. blah 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 blah. Those things are velocity. Good. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Great words, but they're not meaningful. These have to be meaningful to you and your team. So right. a couple ways you can do this. Look at one of your, your key uh, staff members, your key leaders that is just like they embody who we are and who we want to be. Okay, how would you describe them? What, are, what do they value? What would mm. you say that they oh, value based upon how they behave, right? It's going to start giving you context clues, okay? Because you've got kind of this picture of somebody that's really reflecting the culture that you want to be true of your organization. Um, and, and then a, another key point is to interview somebody who's recently come on, come on the team and to mm-hmm. say, hey, tell us what you think we value based upon what you've experienced so far. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully, you know, because fresh eyes in an organization are always so incredibly yeah, huge, imp- yep. valuable to us, right? So mm-hmm. it, try to get them to be really candid about what they would say we value based upon what they've experienced so far. And Mm. so then you're going to compare and contrast those two lists, right? That's going to start Mm -hmm. to give you a picture. And it might not be a holistic picture, but it's a starting point. Um, And then spend some time as a team continuing to brainstorm, you know, build a long list of both your actual and your aspirational values. Build out these, you know, crazy long lists to just give you an idea of everything that's on your mind that you want to be that is true and you want to be true as an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, and I recommend you actually live with that for about six months before you define. And I also would say define three to five that are really going to be the ones that you're going to like elevate to say, these are core to our culture. Um, sure. That exercise alone is uh, terrifying because pastors don't <laughs> like to, you know, like we, <laughs> we don't like to keep it sure. simple. Right. Um, yes. So narrowing it to three to five is like, it's painful, but it's necessary because your staff are not going to remember more than three to five of these. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. you want to get down to those three to five that really differentiate you. It doesn't mean that if excellence isn't on the list, that it doesn't matter. Yes, of course it matters. But these are the Mm -hmm. five that really are distinctive to us. These are the things that set us apart and give us that unique DNA, that unique expression as a team and how we behave that helps reflect um, our, our core purpose as an organization. So anyway, yeah, I got a little long winded on that, Rich. I'll pause no, no, there, no, that's, but that's, that's a, great. That's There's a good a, starting point. Super helpful. You've got a ton of content, hugely helpful there. I, I wonder if we could loop back on one little small piece of this puzzle where I've seen, and this is a personal struggle that's happened in the past for me. So I was at um, Liquid Church, fantastic church. You, you've been there. Um, and our kind of or, one of our organizational values so we would talk as a church is was grace 
wins. And so, which is fantastic, obviously a great value. But one of the things that we struggled with when we came to this moment around particularly our team values to talk about, okay, what kind of work do we do? Um, there was, uh, sometimes we would get pushback where people, you know, we were trying to drive towards deliverables and there would be staff who in not so many words would say, but hey, man, Grace wins. Like, why Why are we? Um, and so now in the end, we ended up going through a whole process of, of actually developing separate team values than are, that are really supportive of those values. So they're not, it's not like they're, it's not like the right. public value is Grace wins and then inside it's judgment wins. Like, you know, that's not, you know, that's not what it's about. Right, but right. Um, for folks that are listening in that would say, hey, why would we have a different or, or complementary is maybe a better way for me to articulate it, complementary values for our team rather than for the organization, is that just opening up a potential, uh, you know, kind of unhealthy culture because actually the way we do work is different than what we produce for people. Help me understand that a little bit more, why we should be thinking or flesh that a little bit more, why we should be thinking about kind of the organizational culture, the way we do work is maybe a little bit different from uh, kind of our organization, like the external uh, values. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question and great distinction because they actually are both, they're both extraordinarily critical, right? The, 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 the church-wide, the organizational-wide values are, are core to like um, who we are as a whole community. And I would say I would not hire anybody on the team who doesn't reflect those values, though, that first set of values. So that's kind of like, it's almost like um, those nesting doll things, right? Like that, that mm. there's these, these church-wide values that everybody who's a part of this community, we expect those values to be, you know, to be something they reflect and they own and, and so forth. Mm. But then the next mm-hmm. layer in is if you're on the team, that next layer in is this is how we work as a team and as, you know, as a, uh, and your team could be defined both as paid staff and, you know, key volunteer leaders, however you define your team. But, um, but it's that next layer of how we work. So they're both important so that the, the organizational wide values have to be, we have to be, in, we have to be congruent with those first, even, you know, that's a pay to play mm-hmm. to be on staff, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then the mm-hmm. next set are the, this is how we work together, because that relationship's very different than just if I'm, if I'm a church member and we're in small group together, my relationship with you and we're not having to um, uh, manage conflict together the same way we would within the church, right? There's a different, sure. there's, a, there's a different yep. dynamic because of the, the nature of working together. And so they, they layer inside of one another would be the quickest way to, to describe that. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, how are you seeing, uh, particularly in a multi-site context, how are churches uh, kind of carrot and sticking this. How are we encouraging the the culture to uh, to continue to propagate well in multiple locations? And then, what are churches doing that may be corrective to say, "Oh, like um, we've got to go beyond just encouraging. Maybe we need to actually curb this back in a certain way." What What are you seeing? Are some kind of common ways that that's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great question. And you know, and this is where it will do more damage to your culture, so to speak, if you do all the work to define values and then that's all you do. Um, or mm. you, you, maybe you go even a step further of you define values and you put even some, and I'm a big fan of put some sticky language on them, put language on it. That's like, you know, part of your culture and, you know, have some fun axioms that reflect your team. But if you do that and then you slap them on the wall somewhere in your office, but then you never talk about them again, 
Yes. They're, yes. they're going to become that episodic thing that people joke about because they're like, oh, yeah, remember when the senior leadership team did this? Remember when the pastor declared we needed to do all these like really, you know, funny, like, you know, sticky values and we've never talked about that? Yes. That actually will create more detriment to your culture. So you've got to have a process for how do we consistently teach this culture? So some simple things. So the proactive side of it is as mm-hmm. a senior leader, pastor, exec pastor, what, you know, whatever that looks like, um, the, your values need to be part of the rhythm of your organization. So a simple way that I've done this at both of the churches I served and, and now with my team at Foresight is every, mm-hmm. every staff meeting, we talk about a value. And it could mm. be that I just, oh, I'm just highlighting a staff person who I saw model that particular value really well this week. Um, kind of celebrating it like they did a great job, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, case in point, I had an email exchange with one of my team this morning and um, she made a call on something that was related to one of our, the churches that we serve. And she said, I hope it was okay. I just, I just made this decision because I thought it best served the customer. And I was like, yes, Mm. absolutely. You made exactly the right decision because that was based on our value of, you know, of serving people well. And and so I just looking for ways to constantly reinforce that, but you need to have a, you need to have a, a regular place where you do that. So we use staff meeting for that, that every month in staff meeting, we highlighted staff members who reflected values. And then sometimes we taught on a value and we just drilled down a little more deeply on a value. So I would say that also onboarding, when you have new team members coming on, uh, one of the things that we did, particularly at Crosspoint was that we had a six month kind of lunch and learn for new staff that we, and we Mm. had actually, we had seven values. So we must've doubled up a couple of these, but, um, but we basically had a six month lunch and learn where every month you learned about one of our values. And typically you were, you were hearing from one of our senior leaders as well. And then there was also a book that we had you read over the course of that month. So we had like our library of books that reflected that kind of paralleled our values and and they were books that everybody on staff read. So it was like you you were able to really get into how we think and then how we work. And then new staff members had the opportunity to to be ta- to hear more of why we chose that value, why that value matters so much to me. This is what we mean by it. These are the behaviors that reflect that value. So we had this intentional process where every new staff person went through you know, kind of this six month lunch and learn. So they would be caught up Mm -hmm. on what it meant to look to reflect those values. Okay. So that's more the proactive If have your systems, right. To like, just before we move on, I just want to highlight for folks. So, um, I think sometimes we overthink this and we think we've got to have some like super complex system for this, but, and then what that does is that paralyzes us from actually doing anything. Like we, we think like, well, if I don't have the most perfect thing ever, then there's not, you know, every church that's listening in could say, Hey, we're going to do, uh, every six months, I'm going to do a meal with my staff and we're going to, we're going to read a book that's really important to us. Or even if it's just, we're going to watch a series. I've, I've seen churches do this. We did this at liquid. We're going to watch a series that's like maybe from four or five years ago that was like really foundational. Yes. We said like, yep. hey, this is, is kind of core to who we are. Watch this and then talk about it. Even that alone is, is amazing, you know, for trying to push the culture forward Perfect. for sure. Now, what, what about on the, the kind of more 
uh, I don't know, more proactive. Hey, maybe things aren't going in the right direction. Yeah. We've got to try to get somebody back or get it. Maybe it's even a campus. Sometimes, yeah. again, none of the campuses, the people that are listening in and none of your campuses, but there, I've heard of churches where, <laughs> right? uh, you know, there's like a, or the, the, rene- the renegade campus pastor or the like, Hey, the, it's almost like they pride themselves in being different. They're yeah. like, Oh, we're, we, we don't, we're not like that because of one reason or another. Yeah. Uh, what are you seeing as a best practice to at least start that conversation? Obviously it's super complex, but yeah. uh, to at least get that conversation started. Yeah, that's so good. And, and I would add to what you were just saying too, is that because the same dynamic of the complexity, we all drift to the complexity and then we just get paralyzed and don't do anything. Simple and consistent. What can you do simply mm-hmm. and consistently to keep values in front of everybody? So on that note, yes. Yeah, so on the, okay, somebody's, uh, we've got a, we've got a, it could be just even a team within the organization. It could be another campus that's going a little sideways as far as culture is concerned. Um, so I think, you know, the, the key thing there is I, if I'm, if I'm working with that campus pastor, I'm going to get some time with them to say, Hey, um, you know, I've noticed a little bit of, you know, inconsistency here in some of the things we value, you know, as a, as an organization, some of these cultural pieces, tell me a little bit more, like, tell me what's going on at your mm. campus. So I'm going to, I'm going to seek to understand, right. I'm going to like, try to ask some yeah, questions. Absolutely. I've got to evaluate how well have I been connecting and coaching that particular leader, especially if I'm responsible mm. for leading them. Have I been giving them enough coaching and have I been in their environment enough to see mm. it, experience oh, it, and know what they're navigating. So I would say, in my opinion, it's my responsibility as a leader to make sure what do I need to own in their cultural drift? Like if they're drifting, oh, that's good. why? What have I not done to make sure they were well-equipped? Okay. Now, that's sometimes good. that's true. And actually, a lot of times that's true. We're just busy and we thought they were good. I'm the worst to have, like, I'm such a believer in people that I will be like, oh, yay, we've got this great person who's going to be an amazing campus pastor. Go make it happen. You're amazing. Do it. You know, like, and I... You can do it. Yeah, right. And you just release it to them. But actually, it's abdication instead of delegation. And so Mm. we have to pay attention to that as leaders. Am I just abdicating my responsibility to lead them and calling it delegation. Oh, I'm not a micromanager, you know, and like, um, <laughs> sorry. That's oh, yeah, I feel stuff, like you're right? inside my head. That's like, oh gosh, that's like hitting me really close to home there, Jenny. Uh, well, okay. And Rich, it's only because that's, that this is my story. This is like, yes. this is me. So um, yes. I'm speaking too much from Funny. experience, but so, yes. okay. So what do I need to own as their leader? And maybe I have not provided the right level of coaching and direction that would have helped equip them to be in line with culture, you know, so, so I got to own that. Then I'm sitting down with them and saying, Hey, I'm noticing some things drifting here. Tell me about what you're experiencing. Is it, it, are you noticing that this particular value is difficult to, to live out at your campus? Tell me about that. And so I'm going to start the conversation. Then I'm going to come back around to say, Hey, but this is core to who we are. So how can we work together to make this possible? Another thing that I do so that this shows up again, back to our like simple and consistent values are a part of our performance reviews at both Crosspoint and Menlo. And that there was a section of our annual and we, at one of the churches we did semi-annual, you know, every six months we did reviews, which I actually think is a, is a good rhythm, but we did, we had a section that was just helping evaluate everyone on values and they were evaluating themselves and we were evaluating them so that we had regular conversation about, you know, where are you, where are you feeling like you're having difficulty aligning with our core values? Because this is who we are. 
So I, I think that's where conversation is key. And then, and then there's coaching. And so it's a working together with that leader to say, hey, how do we bring this into alignment? Ultimately, if they're not willing to bring it into alignment over a reasonable amount of time, and that reasonable amount of time is always a little bit of a variable, depending on the context and the circumstances. But if they're not willing to, to really seek to be back in alignment, then you've got a decision to make about whether that person should remain on staff. Because if they're not in alignment, they are creating subtle, sometimes not so subtle dissension. And that's going to that's gonna, uh, wreak havoc on your organization. Oh, very good. That's that's very good. Well, this is uh, obviously an incredibly important area, and there's a ton of conversation we could have uh, around this. I know one of the things, one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the podcast was I think there's probably a lot of people that are listening in today that are like, man, this is a whole area that we need to, uh, frankly, invest in to improve. We need to we need to bring some outside help in to to kind of make this happen. Can you tell me a little bit about how Foresight is hap- helping, particularly multi-site churches? Mm-hmm. What is what does that look like? How can you help in this area of uh, culture? What is it? Can you yeah. you know how can you help a church think through this area um, as they're you know as they're trying to you know serve in their community? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and this is this is clearly a passion point of mine. If everybody's probably yeah. can tell that at this point, but um, <laughs> but. Here's here's the thing. It all is kind of, it's embedded in my belief that leadership is sacred work, that we get the privilege as leaders to have influence with others, both our staff and our congregations. Influence means the power to change or affect someone. And so there is like, there is just a sacredness that we have the power to change or affect the lives of the people that we serve. And so when we're talking about our team cultures, like, Oftentimes, we're so busy attending to the congregation, which is a core part of our responsibility as church leaders, but we're so busy attending there that we actually neglect our team. And and so I, I just have this passion to help leaders recognize that when your team is like your first line of defense as a leader, like that's the first group that you should be investing in, you should be attending to, you should be coaching, leading, et cetera. And so that is incredibly sacred work and the, and giving time and attention to your team culture and making sure that you're defining those values, those beliefs and those behaviors and you're, and you're helping your team have a framework for how to, uh, how to really live and lead in, in your context as a church is so, so critical because then it's going to trickle down, right? And so some of what you're hoping is happening throughout the congregation will actually happen if you're giving that time and attention to your team. So um, to, to answer your question, so what we do at Foresight when we come in is we, we help you do an assessment of, okay, what does our culture look like? What is going on? Just getting some good, honest feedback of where's our, where are our strengths, where are our weaknesses as far as our team culture? Um, what's clear, what's mm-hmm. not clear? So just kind of that discovery and assessment of what's our reality. And, uh, and, and by the way, every, every culture is living and breathing and changing and growing because every person on the team impacts your culture. Is doing yeah. It. yeah. So yeah, totally. every new yeah. person on staff is influencing your culture. Every person exiting your staff is influencing your culture. And you all feel that, right? I mean, we hate staff transitions because they know, we know they cause disruption. Well, the, the more clear and consistent your culture is, um, the better your retention, the better your engagement, and it actually should help reduce some of that turnover and that churn. So getting mm. clear on that is so critical, but you 
there's always going to be moving pieces. You're always going to have people coming and going and their lives are shifting and changing. And so your culture is always, your culture is always in flex. So all of that to say, nobody has a perfect culture, but the biggest concern is, do you know your culture? Are you, I call it organizational self-awareness. Do you understand what's going on with your team? And uh, so we're going to help you assess that. Then we're going to look at it and say, okay, where do we, where do we need help? Right. Typically we need some values, Mm -hmm. clarity or redefinition. Mm -hmm. We're going to start there. We're going to kind of build that out and make sure we've got a clear understanding of what are those values and those behaviors that reflect our culture. Then we're going to walk you through, okay, now where do you need to build this into your rhythm as a team um, so that it becomes part of your organizational life? So the things that are core to your culture have to be just in your everyday, like your staff meetings, um, in your coaching, in your conversation. So we're going to give you kind of processes and tools and help you kind of determine, okay, where do we need to embed this into our systems, performance reviews, onboarding, hiring, et cetera. So we're going to look at all your systems and then help you kind of integrate it there. And then we're going to coach you for implementation. And this is the sticky part, right? Because that goes back to our behaviors thing. Like we can do all the work. You know, but if we if we don't actually change our behavior, um, we won't we won't see those those kind of healthy shifts in culture that we're hoping for. So then we stick with you for a while and we're just we're that outside person just checking in to say, hey, how are you doing? Are you being consistent with this? What are you seeing? Where are you seeing your values reflected? Where are you seeing, you know, them not working out? And we're going to keep giving you some coaching and feedback on that. So um, we we start with the definition, we work on the systems, and then we coach you for implementation. Fantastic. You know, I, I can't endo- endorse Jenny more strongly. I just think you, you and your Rich. team do an incredible thing. And so I would encourage people to reach out. Um, you've provided a, a, a PDF that's called uh, Get Moving Towards Your Goals, Five Simple Steps to a great strategic plan. Uh, we've got this link to in our show notes. Can you give us kind of just a quick overview on this tool, kind of how, how it fits in? It also has your, you know, more information about Foresight, which I would encourage people to pick up. Uh, but tell us a little bit about yeah, this tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, the, the, the challenge is all of us want the, the outcomes, right? Like we're, we, this, you know, we're passionate about our mission. We're passionate about the work we're doing in our communities. We want to see people come to know Jesus. So we're focused on the outcome. And I say that, you know, that, so we, we all want the strategy towards the outcome. So this tool is designed to help you kind of respond to that felt need of like, okay, how do we build a strategy that helps us accomplish mission? Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, it's built on, there's there's three key building blocks in how I think about organizational health. There's a sense of purpose, like what's our purpose? What are we about? What's our mission, vision, values? What, how's our culture? How's our team? What do we need to be attending to there, which is what we've talked about today. And then there's the strategy piece. And so this particular tool that I'm giving you guys focuses on, you know, helping you think through some key steps of strategy, but it's all like built upon uh, healthy culture and um, strong sense of purpose. And so those three things kind of are, are key in organizational health. This particular tool is going to give you a few things to get you building out a strategy that will help you be an effective in accomplishing your mission. Fantastic. Well, Jenny, I really appreciate it. There's a lot we could talk about here, but I really appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you t- for taking time out to uh, to be Thank with you. us, particularly in this multi-site uh, month. If people want to get in touch with you or with Foresight, I, where, where should we send them? Where should we, we should, where should we be 
linking yeah, to. Yeah, awesome. Well, Rich, thank you for these conversations. You do so much great work in helping equip um, church leaders, and uh, I'm so grateful and appreciate you and all that you guys do. Um, best way to stay in touch with us is our website is getforesight.com. It's the word get, the number four, and the word site, S-I-G-H-T.com, getforesight.com. And uh, we're also Get Foresight on socials. I'm Jenny Katrin on all social accounts, so J-E-N-N-I-C-A-T-R-O-N. So we would love to connect and um, just continue to help serve and support churches along the way. So thanks so much, Rich. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary.